What is good, all of our listeners and viewers? Welcome back to another episode of Games and Groceries. My name is Adam. And I'm Liz. And I hate how brittle my body is. We're here with episode 115, where we're going to be talking with Patrick Hickey Jr. about the uh, the minds of game developers. But first, we've got some segments for you. Yes, we do. What was that? I don't know. Uh, yeah, so uh, no- nothing makes you feel older and more mortal than when you have lower back pain. Yeah. It- it's terrible. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like, I-, I got new shoes for work, and I'm-, I'm fine. Like, I'm doing basketball. I work out six days a week. Mm-hmm. I'm in pretty okay shape. Yeah. But these new shoes, I come home, and I have lower back pain. Then I just put on a heating pad, and I'm fine. Like, I can go out yeah. for a run. So I know it's the shoes. Mm-hmm. But it's just like it's frustrating. It's yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm 29. That that's a gentle reminder. Like, ah, yeah. you are closer to the grave than you were when you were 17. Well, that's how it works. Anyways, uh, Liz, how are you doing? I'm doing okay. Yeah. Yeah, not much to report. It was crazy at work this week. Yeah. Like every day except for today, I came home like ready to rip my hair out. Like. Even still, from yesterday, my eyes still hurt from mm-hmm. yesterday. Yeah. So that's fun. But I'm good. I got to leave early today. Woo! So uh, why don't we get the show started? We got a very special guest today. We do. Yeah. Uh, we got Patrick Hickey Jr., who is a uh, well-known author in the gaming industry uh, spectrum. He's interviewed a lot of different developers, been in journalism for 15 years. Uh, very special guest today. But before we get started... First of all, hi, what's up? Are you, do you want to fast forward? How dare you? Uh, but we do have timestamps for you, whether you're on audio or video. Uh, just uh, there is timestamps linked down below. Or if you're on YouTube, there's just little time chapters on the video itself. Uh, because we know how much you hate us and you just want to fast forward. But uh, do with it what you will because it's the American podcast. Do with it what you will. Uh, and then secondly, just want to announce, uh, just like we announced last week, we're doing a tell me why a uh, special roundtable discussion. It's going to last three episodes. Going to be starting next week with our friend Andrew Orsi, where we're going to be talking about every single chapter of tell me why as they release. And we're just going to be sitting down, chatting about it, seeing uh, what kind of uh, societal uh, topics that it has. So we're, we're excited to start that. Uh, it's going to be separate from Games and Groceries. Uh, it's going to be replacing Games and Groceries for just three episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, very excited about that. It's going to be Andrew Orsi, Chris Thompson, as well as, uh, I hope I got this name right. Oh, no. May Quetty. I hope I said your name right. I forgot to say, how do you say your name? I'm sorry. We'll, we'll, we'll get it right by the time she's on. Yeah, I meant to ask her, and I feel like a <laughs> moron. Anyways, but yeah, I'm very excited for our guests. Uh, yes. It's going to be great. But uh, check out us on social media. We're on Twitter at Gaming Groceries or follow us individually. I'm at Ace the Grocer. And I'm at Journey First. Follow us on Instagram, Games Groceries, all one word, and check us out on Facebook. Uh, you can check out our website, gamesgroceries.com, where you can listen to all the podcasts from the website as well as to uh, listen where, where you can find out where you can listen to the audio versions of the, the, the podcast, as well as some articles I've written in the past. past. And 
if you uh, are on YouTube, hi, how you doing? Uh, definitely subscribe to the channel as well as hitting that notification bell so that you know when all these videos come out as well as our uh, every Thursday videos where I have a little coffee games discussion with you. And uh, don't forget, us, uh, forget to leave us a review on Podchaser, link down below. Uh, you can leave us a Podchaser review or on Apple Podcasts. But uh, with all that said and done, let's just get started because I'm ready to talk about the first segment, which is about movies. Let's just get started with our first segment. Movie Minutes. Movie Minutes is a segment that we talk about the movies that we watched in the past week, whether it be on Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, or on Disney Plus sometimes, maybe in theaters. No, not in theaters. Stop. Stay away from them. But we like to review them and give you a recommendation or not a recommendation. We have a five-point system here on the podcast, so whether it be avoid, eh, pass, enjoyable, solid, and perfect for us. So this week's movie comes to us from, oh no, I forgot oh, to change the slide. No. Movie Minutes is a segment that we talk about. The, <laughs> uh, but this week's movie comes to us from Netflix. And it's a Netflix original. It came out a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And it stars Jamie Foxx as well as Jordan uh, Jordan Gordon-Levitt. Jordan Joseph go. Gordon. Uh, this is a power, project power. Uh, so opening thoughts, go. Um... I wasn't sure what to expect. I remember seeing the trailer. Yeah. And I thought it looked interesting, but I wasn't sure about it. But um but I enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. I liked the story. I liked the acting. Overall, I think it was a good movie. Yeah. 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 Uh so the intro sets up the uh compromises and the impacts to society that this project power does it's a it's a little pill that goes around and it's being slung by how you say uh dealers and it's going around making some impact to the society and you get to see that and the intro sets it up really nicely mm -hmm. uh in a very simple way in a very expectant way but nonetheless it's an action movie. Yeah. You know, it's an action movie with Jamie Foxx. It's on Netflix. Come on. Yeah. Like, uh, so it's not the most deep film, but it sets itself pretty nicely that you you understand where they're going to go with this. Mm -hmm. So I think the intro does a pretty good job. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? No, I definitely think it, it did a good job. I am trying to remember, like, the whole intro. I like the way it started. Mm-hmm. Um, I like I like the way they yeah I like the way they introduced the characters that was I liked it yeah their motivations what they're doing mm -hmm. and um why they're doing what they're doing you know the three main casts yeah you know and it's yeah. fine I I enjoyed it for what it was um mm -hmm. uh, now the themes of the movie were, were not subtle at all like it wasn't subtle you know what I mean no not at all and they were they weren't subtle with the way now if you as soon as you see the intro of the movie, you know where it's going to go. Um, you know, slinging drugs is bad. You know, you should focus on your grades. You know, uh, uh, and there's uh, all these uh, people who are supplying neighborhoods. But they're and now it, it is important where it's talking about including black communities, how it's being slung in, in mm -hmm. African-American communities and how it impacts those societies. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, but the themes aren't really subtle. Yeah. But again. It's an action movie through and through. It's not really drama. It's not setting out to win an Oscar. Yeah. It's fine. I think the themes are important. They're not subtle, but yeah. yeah. You know, and I think it's it deserves um it deserves what it has. It's fine. Yeah. I'm not complaining that the themes aren't subtle. Did you get did you pick that up at all? No, not really. Oh. 
They but were remember, f- you think a lot deeper about movies than I do. Yeah. This I saw, oh, cool, an action movie. You're like, look at the themes. And, the yeah. th- and I'm just like, it's a good action movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're looking for the themes, if you're looking for a deeper dive, it's it's fine. It's fine. It's, uh, you know, I, I think the themes are important, though. Um, and, you know, trying to find your true power, your f- true impact, you know, to yeah. society instead of like what society or like what the government is trying to tell mm-hmm. you to do or what these dealers are trying yeah. to tell you to do. You need to find your own power. Gotcha. Blah, blah, blah. You know, gotcha. th- those kind of themes. Yeah. But uh, by the end, you know what the message is, but it's. You know, it's action. Mm-hmm. I can't say that. I can't say that enough. It's an action movie. Yeah. It doesn't try to make you think about anything. It, it has a message behind it. It does. Yeah. But I think what it's most important is that, um, you know, it, like there's a message, but there's still a lot of really good action scenes in this, mm-hmm. especially the underground scene. I don't want to spoil anything. Yeah. Underground Frozen. That's all I'll say. Yes. Yeah, that was yeah, good. That one, that one was really good. Yeah. And you forgot someone else who was in the. I don't want to spoil that. Okay. No, no, no. That he was a surprise cameo. So. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. it was kind of like, oh, he, he's in it. Cool. Uh, if you're big into YouTube, there's a special cameo in in this film of yeah. a YouTuber. I'll just say that much. But um, yeah, yeah, it's funny. Uh, so yeah, let's go into our closing uh, reviews of this. Uh, Project Power. What do you give it in our five point scale? What do you give it? I gave it an enjoyable. Right in the middle. Yes, mm-hmm. because it's not something where I'm like, this is really good. Like this is like on point. This is awesome. It's like it's a decent action movie. It's got a good story and good actors. Yeah. You know, watch it if you got time. But I'm not gonna say run out there and watch it now. It's mm-hmm. just it's a good action movie. And if you're in the mood for something like that, it's it's not a bad watch. It's definitely not a waste of time. Yeah, I'm in the same camp. I also gave it enjoyable. Uh I gave it enjoyable, not even a pass, not even a solid. It's right in the middle that yeah. if you put it on, it's an hour and fifty-three minutes. It's it's a it's an enjoyable film. Mm-hmm. You put it on and you'll be like, that was good. And it's got some decent funny parts, like comic relief parts, which yeah. are like my favorite parts in movies like this. So mm-hmm. I liked it. Yeah, I, I thought it was fine for what it was. And like I said, if the themes were a lot stronger in this, I probably would give it a solid. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it is what it is. And it's fine for what it is. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Um, And, you know, usually movies like this that try too seriously, I would give it a pass. But, you know, it got away with most things with me. Yeah. So I'm not trying to grade it like, oh, I am the <laughs> gospel of movie reviews. But... Uh, no, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed yeah. my time with it. So I give it enjoyable. You give it enjoyable. Yes. Again, this is Project Power. You can find it on Netflix. Uh, it's a Netflix original. It's got Jamie Foxx and um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I, I was right. that's what his name was. Yeah, but it didn't sound right. Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Dominique Fishback. I'm assuming that's what... She yes. looked familiar. I need to see what else she was I doing. know. She did look familiar, didn't she? And I was just yeah. like, where have I seen her from? But... Yeah. Or she just looks like she's related to someone. But maybe she wasn't something. I don't know. I don't we'll know. find out later. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> go check it out for yourself. Uh, that's our review of it. But, you know, time to talk about some video games now. It's time to go into our second segment. Top three gaming news. The top three gaming news is the gaming news that we saw in the past week. And we like to rank it three, two, one, just to give you a condensed version of, hey, what's going on in the gaming industry? What's going on? I'm not answering anymore. Oh, Dang it. But 
Uh, not much, actually. Yeah, not too much this week. Yeah, like, that's the thing. There's a lot of news in terms of yeah. speculation, rumors, and yeah. uh, talking about that, but nothing, like, really concrete, really. Yeah, nothing, like, groundbreaking, nothing, like, wow, like, nothing. Yeah, I mean, crazy. obviously, we, we have three right well, in yeah, front of so us. We found, we found some. But it's not, like, most weeks where it's just like, oh, man, which ones do I pick? Yeah. Uh, yeah. This one's just kind of, like... More rumors this week, but mm -hmm. uh, but we got three pieces of gaming news that we want to provide for you. But uh, let's start with the number three gaming news. It's about Ubisoft in Assassin's Creed. Oh, but if you're an Xbox fanboy, oh no, like oh, me, no. oh no. <laughs> um, but yeah, Ubisoft has announced that deluxe editions for their titles, including now Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Far Cry 6, as well as Watch Dogs Legion. The deluxe editions for these games are going to be digital only. Oh, God. <laughs> it's, um, so bad. But yeah, so they announced it to be digital only. No physical games attached to this. Uh, and it's kind of a weird move by Ubisoft. Yeah. Um, and the reason being, uh, I just want to read this quote. This is coming from the article, which is linked down below. But it makes a good point about this. So it says... Since a video game collector's edition is generally seen as a way to get one's hands on a wealth of physical goodies, the idea that such a package would come with a won't come with a physical copy of the game may be puzzling to a lot of well collectors. Mm -hmm. And in a high price tag of bundles like these, the ones for Valhalla and Far Cry 6 will run into $200 US, and Legion is set at a thrifty uh, $190. And that confusion can rise to anger and disappointment. So the good point by this article is saying that like deluxe editions are generally bought by collectors, mm -hmm. not like ya boy. Minimalism, everybody. Yeah. Uh yeah, no, like that's the thing. I don't buy buy the deluxe editions, not because I, I think that it's money grabbing, but because I'm not a collector. Now, people who generally buy these deluxe editions, mm -hmm. like the article says are collectors. Yeah. And for Ubisoft to say that it's going to be digital only for collectors, it's just odd. It is because some of them also collect the case. Mm hmm Like, yeah. it just, like, I don't understand. Like, and why, and didn't you say it's only on Xbox? Like, yes. That's PlayStation, the, go ahead, do whatever. But, that's the weirdest part about this like, whole thing. It's only for Xbox going forward, not PlayStation. Like, PlayStation I will want, have the physical. I look. want to know what Xbox did to them. Yeah. Like, I want to know what's going on behind the scenes that made this decision because well, why, why else would they be like only on Xbox? It kind of makes sense because Xbox is looking towards... Uh, making themselves more of a platform yeah. than anything else, like Game Pass and the X Cloud, and uh, they're making a Xbox One, a Series X uh, all yeah. digital edition. They're, they're focusing more on the cloud gaming mm -hmm. than anything else, whereas PlayStation's more uh, hardware based. It kind of makes sense, yes, but but then why wouldn't you just do it with the standard edition? That's what I was Instead thinking of, too. Like, the deluxe edition, like I said, it's for collectors. Pe like people collect the boxes. Yeah, Make more bang for your buck. Don't let them like if they want to collect the box, they have to buy the deluxe edition and pay for all the collection. Like sure, money wise, like marketing wise, like I feel like to make the standard digital would be better. Yeah, I feel like you're gonna really poke at people for deluxe editions, like collectors. Then you are with people like me who's going to buy the standard, and I'm like, I don't care if yeah, I have the box. it doesn't make a difference to you. I throw out the box anyway, and I keep the disc yeah. in my little case. But 
um, for you know game preservation and all that. But uh, for for me, it's going to be like, oh, standard edition. Oh, it's digital only. I can only get the physical on like the steelbook editions. Yeah. Like fine, that's fine. But it's just a weird decision. It's, it's really strange, and it's and it's brought to even stranger by it only being on the Xbox. That's a thing. Like I said, it makes sense in terms of they just wanted to be a platform than anything else but yeah. still just like okay but it's just it's just it's so weird so yeah if you're buying uh deluxe editions so write down in the comments down below if you're watching us on youtube uh what do you feel about this yeah. um are you a collector of that do you buy the deluxe editions do you think this is a weird misstep by ubisoft um and uh also have you seen my latest video on ubisoft uh also ours because you edit it you do there great on the edits Thank so you. i will link it up here if you haven't seen it yet Edited by Liz, talking by me. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> uh, games and groceries, everybody, not just Adam. Uh, but let's. I'm so proud. Thank you. So let's move on to our number two gaming news, yes. which is about Call of Duty. Woo! This is actually the first time I'm actually excited for a Call of Duty game. Yeah. So Call of Duty has announced its 2020 release called uh, Call of Duty. Black Ops Cold War. Wow. I wonder if that has anything to do with Cold Stone ice cream place. I don't think so. What if, oh, what if, like, um, like you get a call, it's like, yeah, Sergeant, you gotta get no, to the Cold no, Stone. No, it's already Cold not going War. To a good place. No, no, <laughs> no. And you do like hibachi with the no. with the ice cream. No. And you gotta like do honey, alternate honey, triggers to honey, like honey. what what what's up? No. Huh? Oh, okay. No. Uh, Call of Duty. Just read the quote. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um. But yeah. So they made out this teaser trailer. You you checked it out. Yes. It looks awesome. It said yeah. based on actual events on, and, and that's what it's going to be instead yeah. of like a fictional Cold War. It's based on actual events. Uh, now the worldwide reveal is going to come on August 26th, which is coming up very soon. Mm -hmm. uh, as the release of this podcast, I believe it's going to Wednesday. Yes, it's going to be Wednesday. You're right, Wednesday. So by the time two days from now. So uh, this is a quote from the article. Uh, and this makes a good point that uh, recent rumors say this. So, quote says, recent reports claim that Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War will release sometime in October or early November and introduce a new Call of Duty Warzone map, a new zombies mode, yes, and a full campaign of its own. Judging from its harrowing footage seen in the first trailer, there's no doubt that the new title will have a robust story-driven campaign. Know your history or be doomed to repeat it. Reads the description below the trailer. And yeah, I got super stoked over the trailer. Yeah. I, I thought it looked really, really good for what it was. Watching the trailer, I was like, can we get like a documentary or a movie? Yeah. <laughs> like excited for everyone who plays these games. Like that seems really cool. But for me, I'm like this, like the trailer, I'm like, this looks like a really good trailer for like a documentary or a movie based on mm -hmm. the Cold War. Can I get that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, and that's the thing. Um, I, the, if it's anything like the first Black Ops during the Vietnam War, it's, it's pretty mm -hmm. uh, exciting. It's, it almost feels like a documentary and it feels like a psychological thriller. Yeah. I liked it. I lo I loved the first Black Ops game. So if this is anything like mm -hmm. that. I'm I'm all in. I need it. And I love how it's not called Black Ops 5. It's called just yeah. Black Ops Cold War. Yeah. So I don't know if it's going to be like a soft reboot of the series. Mm. So that might be cool. Maybe. But and since they're doing a soft reboot of the Modern Warfare, this might be a soft reboot of 
of the Call of Duty Black Ops. So Maybe. pretty cool. Yeah. But um, yeah, like I said, this is the very first time where I'm excited for. I was excited for last year's. Mm-hmm, I didn't sure. end up getting it. Uh, I forget why. It's just I remember gameplay came out. I was like, eh, eh, I'll buy it eventually. And if it came out around the same time, like October, November, our life was mental. That's, that's why. <laughs> that's why. Uh, I remember it came out and we were like in the midst of moving. Yeah. And I was like, ooh, yeah. So <laughs> not the time. <laughs> yeah. So I'm excited for this. Probably going to get this. Uh, I love how I just watched, didn't watch gameplay. I'm just like, you're like, I want it. Let's do it. Sold. Pre-order. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's move on to our number one gaming news. So the number one gaming news is about PlayStation 5. Woo! Uh, I don't know if you can see the image. There you go. You can only see. There we go. You, there is yeah. the face. Um, I didn't know. Oh, wait. Kind of. You can in camera you one. see lines. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, the PlayStation 5 has a new commercial. Woo-hoo. Woo! Um, but with no price or release dates. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Good commercial, though. Great commercial. Now, Sony has launched this, and the first one, the first one that was leaked was a Hungarian version, so a lot of people translated it. Now, I believe the English version is out now mm-hmm. of this trailer, or of this uh, TV spot commercial. But, uh, yeah, it's quite odd that this next-gen uh, system is releasing... A couple months from now. Yeah. So uh, if rumors are correct that the Series X will be releasing November 6th, PlayStation 5 might be releasing around then. Let's say, let's say the end of November. Let's let's argument's sake, mm-hmm. right? So we're at the end of August right now, right? So September, October, November. So like three months from now. Yeah. So the commercial's fine. The commercial's great. But a lot of people are saying, okay, you put out this TV spot. Where's the price? Yeah. And where's the release date? We know nothing. Yeah. Now, I want to read this article from uh, Sony's marketing team. Uh, So it says this. Uh, This is from Mary Yi, who is the uh, head of global marketing at Sony Interactive Entertainment, who says the ad is designed for PlayStation players to see the new console's features come to life through a young woman's eyes and her movements. Uh, we are quite excited about these features, and we can't wait for you to get more immersed in the worlds of games with PlayStation 5 console and DualSense wireless controller in your own hands. So the commercial does just that. It gets you excited for the features, mm-hmm. like, um, you know, see with sound and um, yeah. feel immersed, right? Like, it's like about the features. I think it's funny that since the very beginning when they first started talking about the PlayStation 5, the only example they can think of that those <laughs> dual sense triggers are the used. adaptive triggers, yeah. Yeah. For the, the only bow thing arrow. they can think of is a bow and arrow. Like I think mm-hmm. a gun. Like I want to know what that yeah. feels like. Do they have like But Lizzie. Bow and arrow. But that's like I'm like, is there no other but, example you can think of? But Lizzie but bow and arrow. It's so funny. Bow and arrow. Like, yeah, like they only think, and even in a TV spot, there's a bow and arrow. And that's what I mean. Like, it's the only thing they have on their head. Like, yeah. I understand, like, that's the, probably the one you'll feel the most is like. They also that. talk about, like, driving games, and if you drive off road, like, the triggers will, like, yeah, be more yeah. bumpy. But I just think it's funny, like, their automatic first thing is, like, 
put a bow and arrow. I'm yeah, like, bow and arrow. You couldn't have used a different example in the commercial, at least. Uh, Sony, if you're watching this, um, what would it feel like if you're in a game and you have oh. to use the triggers to be at a cold stone ice cream and you have to keep folding it like a hibachi? And is it going to adapt like a bow and arrow? And Call of Duty Cold Stone Creamery. Why would you be using the um, triggers? To... I'm not a game designer. These people are the game designers. I don't know why they're using the triggers. They're to... not. Hibachi. Hibachi with ice cream. Have you ever been to a Cold Stone? Um, once. What? What? We got to take you more. Okay. Oh, you can't because they're lactose. <laughs> Unless they start making oat milk ice cream. I don't think I'll be going to Cold In Stone. these times... In these in these uncertain times. No, in these times they'll make almond milk ice cream. Oh, true. Or coconut milk ice cream. Yeah. Two of the flavor, two of the things I can't have. Yeah, true. I need oat or plant based. But anyways, that's the top three gaming news for you. Uh, we got the uh, yeah, uh, uh, Ubisoft's releasing the deluxe editions with only uh, mm -hmm. only digital. What do you think about that? Write in the comments down below. Call of Duty, uh, you know, Cold War. Are you excited about it? Do you think it would be better if it was set in a Cold Stone Creamery? Write it in the comments down below. And Sony with this new TV spot, it does the trick, but like, what's the price? <laughs> like, what are we saving up for? And where's the release date? We got all this information, except the most important ones. I don't understand. But yeah, cool TV spot. Did you like it? Did you think it was cool? Write in the comments down below. And with all that said and done, um, I think it's time to bring on our guest for tonight. I think so. Yeah, or this morning because you're this comes on at five a.m. But they might be watching it at night. Oh yeah, good night, everybody. Um, but yeah, so uh, let's bring on a guest again. This is Patrick Hickey Jr. Um, you know, lead journalist for himself as well as a college professor. Uh, studies on the history of video games. Uh, I purchased his book, but it does not come in until tomorrow as of recording this. So I did not read his book because thank you, USPS, for being butts. I'm just kidding. It's, wow, it, that it, was strong. It's, it's a hard time. I get it. There's a lot going on. But your butts anyway. Anyways, oh my so let's bring on our guest in our final segment. All right, everybody, we are back with famed author, college professor, much smarter than I am, <laughs> for obvious reasons, Patrick Hickey Jr. Woo! Woo! He's here. <laughs> yes. What's up, man? Um, like I said, okay. introduce yourself. What books have you written? Why should we buy them? For obvious reasons why we should <laughs> buy them, but uh, let us know a little bit about yourself. So my name is Patrick Hickey Jr. I am the author of the Minds Behind the Games book series. Um, I'm currently the third book in the series, The Minds Behind the Sports Games, is set for release like any day now. It should be out. Um, I'm also the assistant director of the journalism program at Kingsborough Community College in Brooklyn, New York. Um, I'm a voice actor and writer in the video game industry. Um, what else do I do? I'm a dad. I'm a husband. So yeah, that's pretty much me. Uh, why you should buy my books... Um, because this is the thing, video game, people that play video games have been taught for a very long time to play games and love them and not look deeper into the experience, not find out who created them, why they created them, what was going on in their lives while they were creating them, all these cool things that could absolutely affect the way that you play mm -hmm. and remember the game. 
So um, that's kind of been like my goal as an author to interview as many video game developers as possible and to get them to tell the behind the scenes stories of the game. So if you love video games, you'll love the books. If you don't love video games, but you appreciate coming of age stories, um, tales of like what it's like to be in a career, things like that, um, just tales about really cool people doing really cool things, um, then you'll like the book too. Um, the books too. So um, right now we have the minds behind the games, mm -hmm. the minds games those are available right now the minds behind the sports games is coming out minds behind the shooter games is finished covers design getting ready to come out um i'm currently wrapping up the minds behind the sega genesis games and i'm about halfway finished through the minds behind the sony playstation games so wow. by next year we'll have six books out in the series i'm probably going to announce another book like in november um i'm wow. writing the story for uh a couple of games right now i'm writing some some side quests for another story i'm uh doing voice acting in a couple of games so lots and lots of stuff going on right now so it's wow. a lot of fun dang so as you can tell we have a very experienced individual yes. on the matter of uh you know getting to know the minds behind uh game developers mm -hmm. so the very first question i want to start with this conversation is that why do some people just forget that there's a game developer behind the game they even hate on right they just see it mm -hmm. kind of as a product and they forget there's a face behind that product mm -hmm. so why do we think that that is so? We forget about the developers. Uh, Patrick, what do you think? See, I don't even think that it's that they've been uh, conditioned to. Is that forget. a Mulan uh, yeah. figure you got? Uh, yeah, I have. I have like tons of these all over my. Oh, nice! I was <laughs> like, yeah. every Disney amiibo, uh, not Disney amiibo, Disney Infinity figure and Skylander figure, like ever. So, um, I associate a lot with with Mulan because for a very long time. Um, I questioned who that person was that I saw in the mirror and uh, <laughs> when I could be the person that I wanted to be. So, um, but, so this is the thing. If I ask you right now, yeah. Uh, who wrote Romeo and Juliet? Oh, Shakespeare, right? Good job. Yeah. <laughs> but she's a good wife. Keep her. Yeah. <laughs> Back on that. Um, all right. So if I ask you who sings Thriller? Oh, Michael Jackson. Or if you're really cool, you'd say Fallout Boy because I mean, oh, that's dang it! You. Um, there you go. But the, right away, yeah. Right, you know, if I say who directed Goodfellas, oh, uh, uh, Scorsese, right? Right away, yeah. But if I say who created Grand Theft Auto, what do you say? Uh, I see what you're doing, Rockstar. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So we're conditioned to remember publishers, mm -hmm. but to remember developers and see the reason for this is simple because from the beginning of the video game industry video game companies were petrified that they would lose their talent and their talent would get poached and go to other companies and make more money um this happened in activision hmm. this activision was formed atari refused to put the names of developers on games yeah so a big splinter of developers were like you know what we're gonna go make our own company so they started activision um hmm. treasure the guys behind Gunstar Heroes and a whole bunch of slew of great games on the Sega CD, Sega Saturn, Dreamcast. They were they were guys at Konami that were like, why can't we put our names on games? So um, even to, th to this day, there, sometimes developers don't want to like really take credit for their hmm. games. I've gotten in conversations with developers and they're like, oh, well, I only worked on the game for like a month. Like, and I'm like, but you worked on the game. Like, mm -hmm. don't be say that you worked on the game. So I feel like... Um, for some reason, in the video game industry, developers don't get the credit that they deserve. And I just mm -hmm. saw this as like oh, a niche for me to kind of tackle because my two, away from my wife and my children, my two favorite things in the entire world are 
video games and as a journalist conducting interviews, sitting down with somebody and just finding out everything there is to find out about them. So combining mm-hmm. the two, that's how you get those. Um, but yeah, you know, it's just video game. People that play video games are just like, oh, is that Electronic Arts? Mm. Is that too? Is that Rockstar? Is that Activision? And not, oh, is that very rarely you get, oh, is that a David Jaffe game? Is that a Kojima game? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. oh, Druckmann game, you know, but like very David Cage, rare. Yeah. So that's that it's changing now. And especially with mm-hmm. indie games, because mm-hmm. indie games like one man band. So you'll be like, oh, that's a Matt does. Matt does games, right? Matt, Matt makes games. That's Matt Thorson, right? Matt Thorson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Indie games, but expected to start to change in like the next five, 10 years in, in triple A games too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. I think there takes so much development time into video games. Like you said, it becomes like a company. Uh, but that is the same as movies as well. There's a lot of production behind movies and there's one director, but then you're thinking yeah. of the director more than that. And you even think of 2K games. You think of Randy Pitchford, but you don't go Borderlands and like, oh, that's a Randy Pitchford game. Or, yeah. you know, or but you do see uh, news articles and say, oh, that's a Randy Pitchford news article. But <laughs> it's, oh, oh, he stars in that. But uh, yeah, and, that, and that's the thing. The way I think about it is that it becomes video games have become almost this product that we go mm-hmm. back and forth on, and we just forget even just faces behind it. I I, I feel like yeah. there's even movies sometimes. Movies are just that, and we even forget faces behind movies. Like yeah, I think like people get so invested in the product that they forget that there are people who like poured like years of their life into this. Mm-hmm. And like they have feelings, yeah, and you're yeah. kind of hurting them. Like I, th- I think that's the biggest problem. Yeah, that, that was like the reason why I wanted to write these books because there, there are people that have gotten like no credit. So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I tell you right off the bat, like one of the key creators of Sonic the Hedgehog Two isn't even in the instruction manual, and then also yeah. there, there's a rule at Rockstar that if you don't stay on a game until it's finished. Mm-hmm. Your name does credits. Mm-hmm. So you could work on, let's just say, um, Grand Theft Auto Chinatown Wars on Nintendo uh, DS. Mm-hmm. That game, let's just say it took like two years to finish. Say you worked on it for one year, 11 months, and 29 days. And then the last day you like broke your leg and you weren't there or something like that. There's a chance that you could be left off the credits of the game. Yeah. That's insane. I remember yep. that coming out. And I was yeah. just like, that's absolute insanity. Mm-hmm. I mean, here's the thing. I, w- I was actually going to ask you this, but I-, I think this is a good segue into it. Um, and you kind of answered this already, but why did you personally pursue the um, the art, I'll say, the art of interviewing different developers, getting their stories, putting it in your books? Like, why did you start pursuing that path? Why did you become the man you see in the mirror? <laughs> That's why. Move you guys move along? I'm telling you. So I was 33, and you guys are going to go through this because you guys are a little bit younger than me, I think. Um yeah. You're going to get ready to have kids. And I was 33. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was like, oh, my God, there's so many things that I want to do. And I'm about to have a kid. Well, my wife is about to have a kid. You know, and, um, <laughs> I'm like, I- I'm a journalist. I've been a journalist for 15 years. I'm like, you know, I need to I need to write a book. Mm. I do something that, like, makes me feel like I can be the best advocate and 
resource for my child. I feel like the best parent is an advocate for their for their child. They stand up for their child, but also they're a resource. Like, you know what, son, you want to get into a good college? I went to a good college. I can get you into a good college. Or, oh, if you, you need help, you need advice with this, I've done this, blah, blah, blah. So how can you be a good parent if there's still things that you want to do in your life, you know? Mm. And growing up, I love my dad. We share the same name. Awesome man. Um, but there was definitely times when it was like, you know, I could have did this, but yeah. then you came along, you know. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to write a book. Hmm. And um, I definitely got some pushback from some people that I work with. They were like, oh, you're going to write a book about video games. Who's going to care? Blah, blah, blah. They didn't get it. They're a lot older than me, 15, 16 years older than me. But um, I just remember sitting in this room and I started pulling out games. And I'm like, Wonder Boy and Monster World, Toe Jam and Earl, King's Bounty, Mutant League Football, E.T. And I'm just like, I know the creators of these games. Um, I know there's great stories behind these games. I think people would find them interesting. So what I did was I reached out to all of those developers that I mentioned. There's like six or seven of them. And I'm like, if half of them get back to me, I think I'll have enough to like pitch the idea of a book. Mm -hmm. to... Yeah. So within a week, all six or seven of them got back to me. And then three days, uh, I would say it took me about three weeks to a month to write those seven chapters. Um, I worked my ass off on them. And then three days later, after I sent the first pitch, McFarlane got back to me and they're like, yeah, we want to do this. Dang. So it was awesome. just like, there's tons of video game books out there now. I'm not sure if you guys know, like there's tons of reference books out there. Mm -hmm. Some of them really good. Like the ones by Brett Weiss are excellent, um, where he just like gets a whole system and goes through every single game on the system and gives you like a one page, like synopsis of it. It takes a lot of time. Yeah. He's really good. Um, Pat Contry has a series of books. They're okay. Jeremy Wittenhagen has, they're okay. Leonard Herman has an amazing history book on the video game industry called Phoenix. But what, what makes my books different is that each chapter is its own game. So it's like, the first book has, um, the first book is that way, sorry, <laughs> uh, has 36 chapters. And it's 36 different games. It's not the history of the entire video game industry because you'd fall asleep. Mm -hmm. You know, it's 36 cool games, 36 cool stories. And it, it at least it puts you in the conversation. Like if you quoted anything from there and you would go, oh, did you know E.T. blah, blah, blah. Your friends would go, oh, shit, where'd you find that out? That's not on Wikipedia. Mm -hmm. That's not on You know, so that's kind of what I wanted. Something that was fun, accessible, different easy to read and also um dispelled a lot of the urban legend myths that are on Re reddit and wikipedia mm -hmm. that, that people still repeat like et is the worst game of all time it's like a complete fallacy you know but it's so easy to just repeat it so that was kind of like my motivation do something that i always wanted to do and then perform a service to the video game industry and to journalism because i feel like video game journalism doesn't get like the credit mm -hmm. that it's no, I, I absolutely understand that yeah. because like that's why I started this video game podcast. It's because I wanted to get more stories out there, more interviews out there. I want to do justice because I love video games and I love entertainment. Why not mm -hmm. just you know put the two mm -hmm. together? And also with my wife, I get to spend time with my with my lovely wife and just you know you know give back to the mm -hmm. medium that I absolutely adore. Um, absolutely. And that's the thing, yeah. Like you, you gotta pursue your passions. You watching this? Hey, pr pursue it. Stop it. Stop what you're doing. But uh, no, that's that's great stuff, man. Like, um, and I have yet to read your book. It's still in the mail. Thanks to We're USPS. <laughs> Let's blame Trump. Blame Trump. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll do it. Yeah. Blame somebody like the post office. Like we'll we'll blame Newman from Seinfeld. You know? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like that's awesome. Like um, 
like I said, I, I, I think the pursuit of those stories are mm-hmm. definitely necessary, right? Because uh, like you said, there's books out there, but th- these books need to reach the masses because like you said, uh, some of your colleagues, they said, oh, you're going to write a book about video games. Yeah. And, and it becomes undermined. Or even me, like I don't really tell people I do a podcast on video games because yeah. they're like, Oh, you're going to do a podcast on video because they make it lesser. But these stories, they they put all their time, their effort, their blood, their sweat, their pixels, if you if you will. Uh, Yeah. And like they just uh, go at it. And I and I think those stories are well deserved to be told, you know. Yeah. Uh, But I I guess um, what I want to ask you in your pursuit to search for the minds of game developers. Right. Have you mm-hmm. found this kind of common factor, this commonality behind developers? Uh, would you would you say that there is one, or would you say that there's just to- so many different stories that there is no common factor? There's so many different stories. They're all like super unique, but they all have three major things in common. Hmm. The first thing is they um, can perform amazing feats of emotional strength with minimal rest, hmm. meaning these guys can work. 20, 24, 40 hours straight mm-hmm. and type of work that like most of us couldn't produce like after 12 hours of sleep and like a grape and cheese like brunch the day before. Like, you know, like mm-hmm. these are like absolutely balls to the wall passionate. That's the first thing. The second thing, they are all incredibly intelligent but they're intelligent in a way where some of them, like the people that founded this industry in the late seventies and early eighties, these are some of the smartest people in the entire world. Like these are the people like in that Matthew Broderick movie, uh, war games. Like they are like, they're they, Some of these people left like nuclear physicist positions to wow. make video games. Like in order to design the physics engine for like a bowling game, you have to know math better than like some mathematicians, you know? Mm-hmm. And a lot of the developers that came after just basically copied the code from these previous games, you know? Yeah. Um, so incredibly intelligent, incredibly passionate. And then the third, um, incredibly thick skinned, mm-hmm. incredibly thick skinned, because I mean, everybody and literally everybody and their mother is going to have an opinion on what you create. Yeah. And if you let like one person's video on YouTube piss you off, then you're never going to make it, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so I feel like it's those three things, but they're all completely different people. And they literally come in like all shapes and sizes. Like um, Dave Perry, who's like one of the greatest programmers of the Sega Genesis era. Um, he worked on games like Earthworm Jim, um, Aladdin. He slept in his car during like the entire Aladdin cycle on really? the uh, Sega. And he's six foot eight. Oh my God. It's like they were working so hard on that game that he was just like, in order for him to drive home and drive back, then he would be wasting time. So he's like, you know what? I'm just going to sleep in my car. Wow. And then like 10 years later, somebody bought his car and they found like his ID and was like, and they messaged him and they were like, is this, is, it took, they t- took like a picture. They're like, is this your ID? And he's like, yeah. So like, he's like, I'm not going to tell them that I slept in it for, you know, six months. But, you know, yeah. so that's the type of, that's the type of people they are, they're all incredibly intelligent. Another commonality between a lot of the early game developers, like the ones like, if you talk to a lot of indie game developers now and you ask them your uh, their inspirations, they're going to tell you Legend of Zelda, Mario Brothers, like all the classics. Mm-hmm. But for the guys that there were no other video games, like what were their inspirations? Dungeons and Dragons. Huh. Mm. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. These guys 
all hardcore Dungeons and Dragons players, you know? Wow. So for me, I've always been a fan of Dungeons and Dragons. I, I had a campaign that lasted like two years with my friends and stuff. And um, it's definitely helped me because like I've, I'm writing side quests for a game right now. Um, I'm editing dialogue for another game right now. And just all those stupid moments when you're with your friends eating like fried chicken and watching bad movies and playing D&D definitely come in handy like when you're trying to craft something new and original so that was another commonality but they, they come from all different shapes all different places all different they're all different shape sizes so but those like i said those three things kind of like are the things that make up an excellent video game developer yeah we had one developer on here uh twice already nick DePaulo, who's making adam's ascending and yeah. he fits that criteria he's a very intelligent man mm-hmm. uh he's probably one of the most passionate yeah. people i've ever i don't know if you listened back to uh those two episodes uh with nick DePaulo, and he is just you know all over yeah. like wall-to-wall passionate person yeah. uh and he's got thick skin too like he'll he'll respond to you know youtube comments with criticism and just saying like okay yeah i could fix this or okay this is something i can ignore and he just yeah. brushes right off but uh yeah he that fits the bill um i haven't spoken spoken to many developers but yeah i mean yeah i wouldn't say that you're right because you know you've done more research he than would i have know better than I, you i think patrick <laughs> Picky would know more than i would but uh no that's it that's incredibly interesting because um you know i also read the other book by jason schreier blood sweat and pixels and uh yeah like just reading their stories as well i mean it's incredible that uh these people just go through all that all these developers including um I man, I am having a mind burp with uh, the the developer behind Stardew Valley. Um, can't remember his name. Oh no! But you know, he he went through so much. Like you said, forty hours straight, or even watching that documentary on Netflix um, mm-hmm. with uh, Indie Games, the movie with uh, Super Meat Boy. Same thing. Yep. Yeah, it's great. Have you ever uh, spoken to them before? No, I would love to. I'm actually thinking about doing an indie games book eventually, and mm-hmm. I feel like if I do, then those are like two of the guys that I kind of have to speak to. Mm-hmm. I've spoken to before, the guy that did Celeste and Towerful. So that was really fun. Um, I've done on reviewfix.com. That's the site that I own. Uh, I've, I've interviewed hundreds of indie game developers. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, but Super Meat Boy, that would definitely be like a white whale. That would be somebody that I would love to get at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you're hunting for them and I'm hunting for Jeff Keeley, but we'll, we'll, we'll get our white whale someday, you know? like Absolutely. But uh, yeah, no, that's uh, like I said, I, I think it's absolutely fascinating to have somebody who's actually searching and uh, going after these people yeah. and actually having compassion over these people. Um, and, and that's a thing. Uh, the one thing I do want to ask you is that as gamers, right, like as you're pursuing after this, right, uh, is it vital? Is it so important for every gamer to understand the mind of a developer or is it just more something interesting to learn about right it's like a little little tidbit to get to know your game a little bit better what do you think it it, it hits on a, a, a it's like a whole stream of consciousness you know mm-hmm. so it's like um we could take like the raichi uh nishisawa approach so that's the guy that did um wonder boy he did all the wonder boy games mm-hmm. um if you've ever an adventure island wampum like he created yes. the engine that became all of those games and his frame of mind is like after you create something and it's released to the masses, it's not yours anymore. Hmm. Hmm. Whatever anyone feels about your game or your creation is their creation. It's their feeling and it's the truth. And you hmm. just got to own it and you got to just move on and you got to create something else. So that's one way to look at it. Like you can, you can just play the game, 
have your own opinion about it and have it be individual to you and that's it see but like what i like to do is I like to get inside the, the minds of the developers because it, it makes me kind of understand, like, this is what they were trying to do. Mm-hmm. This is inspiration for that. And it kind of makes you look at the game a lot better. Um, it also, a game that's kind of mediocre, that you're like, oh, this game could have been so good if. Mm-hmm. And then you find out that, like, the poor developer had to rush the game or they cut out this level or they didn't give them money to do this or da, 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 da. So it makes you kind of appreciate the game a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the reasons why I wanted to write the books, because that's the thing too. We live in a very like troll oriented society where mm-hmm. it's just like so easy. Good. The words good and bad don't mean anything, but we love to use them, especially when you don't want to talk to somebody, you know, like, how was your weekend? Oh, it was good. Yeah. Oh, how was your weekend? Oh, it was bad. You don't want to talk to these people. You know, so we do that with games all the time. It's like if your friend tells you, oh, you ever play SSX? Yeah, it's pretty good. And then you may have never played it, but then your friend, like a year later, another friend goes, you ever play SSX? Yeah, it's pretty good. You never even played it, mm-hmm. you know? So my hope is that if somebody reads a chapter of the book and they've never played the game, it makes them want to play it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They've played the game and didn't like it. It makes them go back and look at it with a fresh pair of eyes. Mm-hmm. But if they've played it and they've loved it, it gives them another reason to go back and again look at the game yeah. with fresh eyes. Mm-hmm. So, what's that old philosopher uh, philosophy? Um, you can't step in the same lake twice. Oh. Mm. I completely, I completely disagree. You know, yeah. I feel like you could step in the same lake a million different ways. You know, and our attitude is a big thing too. How many times have you guys woken up in a really bad mood? And ruins like a great opportunity because you were in such a crappy mood. Mm-hmm. And then like at the end of the day, wow, if my head was clear, you know. And this is the thing too. Remember when you were like 13, 14, 15 years old, you're playing games and you're just like this angry bull of hormones, you know. Mm-hmm. And you're just playing games and you're just like, oh, this game sucks. Blah, and, and then you go to the next one. Sometimes when now you're in your 30s, if you revisit that game and you're, you're just like, wow, like I'm a completely different person. This game affects me in a completely different way. You know, mm-hmm. so that's kind of what I want. A lot of the games that I write about are older and I want people to come back and revisit them and look at them in a different way. Because sometimes games that you felt like that were so revolutionary when you were a kid, you play them now and you're like, oh, my God. Ugh. Or you go back and you're like, you know, this game was so much better than I give it credit for. Or, oh, now I get it. You know, mm-hmm. and that's what I want. I want everyone to kind of get that. Oh, my God. Now I get it. That's what mm-hmm. I want. Yeah. And that's the thing. I, I, I think a lot of. I know, like what you said, when you're 13, 14, 15, right? And there's a lot of things that you just don't appreciate when you're that age. It it could be a movie, but more especially when you're a game, you know, like uh, you you just call those uh, pent up anger and rage. And you just want something just to um, please you just for, you know, a couple hours. But then, uh, like you said, I'm entering into my 30s. I'm 29 now, going to be 30 in some, well, some odd months. I can't count, you know. That that's why yeah, five five months months, I'll be thirty. High five. Yeah, that's why you're a college professor and I am not. (laughs) But uh, and that's the thing. Entering into my thirties, I'm starting to take appreciation for what I didn't before. Even in my twenties, I don't think I appreciated something. Um, I I forget there was a game that I played just recently, and I played it when I was like twenty three or twenty four, and I was just like. I did. I did. I took this for granted. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't remember what it was, which yeah, I can't is, remember. yeah, which is 
unfortunate since I had a my, change of mind and I just completely forgot about it. It's gone. But uh, yeah, no, I do think that understanding a developer's mindset mm-hmm. is completely vital, especially if you're, um, you know, just a gamer. But I was going to say, like, just as a creative, right? Yeah. And I think it can relate a lot to you. Uh, right now, we're creating a podcast. We're, cre- we're creating uh, YouTube videos. And we only upload twice a week. And, you know, some people might say, like, oh, you need to upload more. Like what you said, like, well, you don't know the backstory. You don't know the schedule. You don't know what they're having to work with. And Mm -hmm. just like uh, a lot of people will just say, oh, why aren't they doing more? Why aren't you doing this? Why aren't they doing that? But I think it's vital for creatives to understand, you know, you will have limits in your life. You will have uh, expectations from other people. You will have expectations from people who aren't even your friends and just your bosses. Right. Yeah. And I think it's vital. Um, Liz, do you have any thoughts on that? Um, on like what point? I don't. When you say like, what, what are my thoughts on it? Like, I never well, know what like, exactly it, you mean. Is it vital for you to um to understand the developer's mindset? I don't think it's vital. Like as a base, I think that it can be eye opening and it can be like it can help you possibly enjoy something more. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's absolutely vital to play the game or to even enjoy it. Yeah. I just think for me personally, you know, I love knowing the backstory of everything Mm -hmm. so for me like it's like that'll help me enjoy even more because then like i'm playing i'm like i know things about this Mm -hmm. but i don't think it's vital i understand that yeah Yeah. i I guess vital may be too strong of a word i i think it yeah but um i mean you're the journalist and i'm just uh over here with um i was gonna say my cupcake but i may have eaten it already but cupcake i exactly but (laughs) Uh, and that's the thing. I, I think it's important. I think it's more than just interesting to learn about, like a little Snapple cap, but I think it just um, complements your enjoyment. Yes. Yeah, you know compliments. what I mean? But uh, would, would you agree with that? Yeah, you know, because this is the thing, though, too. There aren't, like, you mentioned Jason's book. Um, Jason and I are doing something very similar, and but the thing is, it's like, how many other people are doing it, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, I totally feel like 25 years from now, like Jason's work, my work is maybe like one or two other journalists out there that are doing this. It's going to be important because video games are the highest grossing form of pop culture in the entire world right now. Mm-hmm. Could you have the pandemic without animal crossing? I mean, I couldn't. Yeah. You know, like if I, 25 years from now, this pandemic, I'm going to remember like my daughter because I got to spend like every day with her, which is great. You know, mm-hmm. I'm going to remember my son being born, like, because he was born in May. But also, I'm going to remember playing Animal Crossing, and I'm going to remember playing Outer Worlds, because those were the two games that, mm-hmm. like, I invested a lot of time in. Um, so that's the thing. Um, movies, the movie industry just, like, kind of stopped during this entire thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. There wasn't TV either, you know? Yeah. But video games kept coming out, baby. They kept pumping out. So at the end of the day... Yeah, it's, it's important. These stories, these stories aren't being told. Um, people definitely want to know them. Um, if they didn't want to be known, then my publisher wouldn't have asked me to write five more books <laughs> after the first one. You know, so it's like um, there's definitely a market for it. People are definitely mm-hmm. interested. Um, and it's just cool. It's just it's just fun. And, and if you would have told me ten years ago that I would be doing this i would have told you that you were crazy you know so it's just for me to go and interview the people of the games that i grew up playing 
and to even be working with some of them now, um, holy crap, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And uh, so I want to move into a social media answer. We only have Law 1 today because, admittedly, <laughs> your boy was late posting it because Aww. uh crazy week at work today but yeah. uh crazy week crazy today, week today. <laughs> uh, wow. it felt, felt like a week today <laughs> um but yeah so i asked you on social media you can follow us on twitter and instagram uh games and groceries all one word on twitter are on instagram but on twitter at gaming groceries yeah. uh and i asked you why do we forget about the developers of games and we have one answer from uh at commander nikki uh, who has to say, maybe because every so often we just consume the games we play with the next, uh, with, yeah, with next to no second thoughts. Mm-hmm. You only just ever hear about the big names, studio heads and all. Uh, I've taken up the habits of watching the entire credits roll when I finish game and mentally thank everybody, Aww. which... Commander Nikki, you have way more commitment than I do. Oh yeah, those credits are way too long for me. They're... I, I think I just played through the Walking Dead series, and I'm like, this is too long. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> <I'm just> like, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, th- it is such a long list. Yeah. and But that's the thing about video games. Is that it, it needs to be such a long list because mm-hmm. it, it helps out the even the QA testers. Mm-hmm. I say even, but like they're just as part of the development yeah. as, as anybody else. Uh, this is the thing, like, a lot of people get into the industry mm-hmm. by mm-hmm. being QA. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like some of the greatest developers of all time started in the industry as people that just sat in a room and played video games all day. You, if you, once you check out the books, you'll see like a bunch of these guys started, like the guy that created um, Siphon Filter, one of the creators of Siphon Filter, yeah. one of the greatest shooting games on the, during the original like PlayStation. He started working at, he was working at Nintendo as like one of the phone operators on the Nintendo of America phone line. Really? Wow. Well, fucking Donkey Kong, like, where do I go? And he would talk them through it. That was his first job in video gaming. That's awesome. And then he became a producer. And then, like, there's tons of people, like, that, I, that I've interviewed that have started off like that. Um, uh, Charles Panady, who ended up being a level designer on the original um, Parasite Eve, he taught himself Japanese by uh, reading captions in Japanese games. He had never learned Japanese before. He wow. used to buy Japanese role-playing games, and he actually taught himself Japanese by playing Japanese RPGs so much that he learned Japanese. So then he went to Square on a job interview and he proved to them that he could read Japanese and he helped them localize and build the story for Parasite Eve and bring it to American audiences. Wow. Like, wow. In, video game, in the video game industry happened. That's like going from like being like the lunch lady to like the principal of the school. You know, like mm-hmm. it's just, it's happened anywhere else. That's how passionate these people are. Dang. Yeah. How how much would you say that's happened before? Like, would you say that like it's a good percentage that like once you enter into the industry, you'll start to like, uh, you know, I'll say it burr your way even further into the industry because that was similar to Todd Howard's story that, uh, what I forget what he his first job is, but he kept going back to Bethesda over and over and over again, and he started at, I can't remember his first job, but it was something small. And then he worked his way up to mm-hmm. the lead developer. So how often would you say that happens? I would say that happens pretty often. I mean, it's like a microcosm for like how I got into video games. Um, I messaged an independent uh, developer to do an interview like for my site. And then they asked me to play the beta of their game. And I did. And I noticed there were a ton of grammatical errors in the dialogue. So then I offered to edit the dialogue. And we came up with a price. And I edited all the story in the game. And then they kept me on. 
as like the official like you know story editor of the game which was great and then our voice actor left and um this was like two weeks before we were supposed to go to kickstarter and uh they were like we're screwed we don't have a voice actor and i'm like the guy sounded like Russell Brand. It was like just like a really very wacky English man, you know, walking around, you know. And I'm like, it doesn't, this doesn't work at all. And I, I ended up coming in here and, and I blow came across this dark English voice. My name is Alexander and I am the Padre. And they ate it up. And now, I mean, I'm the main character in two in two games that are on the Xbox One, PlayStation 4, Nintendo Switch, Steam, you know. So it's just like you get in. And then you just keep moving up. Now I'm writing side quests for a game and I'm writing story for another game. So it's just like you just keep yeah. moving up. Are you um are you, boppers, jump right in? Are you not at uh liberty to say which games you're writing a story for? Is that confidential? Uh, yeah, I can't say anything right now. Mm-hmm. Um so well one I can say, uh one is a is a, a shooter called Kroom, K-R-O-O-M, and it's basically like um Akari Warriors and Contra had uh, had a three-way with the original uh, Legend of Zelda. Oh, wow. Um, so I wrote the story on that game. And uh, the animator on that game is Pete Paquette. And he's actually an animator on uh, Overwatch. And wow. he was the lead animator on Bioshock Infinite. Oh, wow. Wow. I wrote the story for that game. And uh, it's been in development for like a year and a half. It's just a three-man team. It's me, um, Jeff, uh, Pete, and his brother Jeff, um, who is the composer and the engineer, like programmer. So it's been a long road, but the game is really cool. Um, I'm also doing voice um, for uh, this game called RDRA, mm-hmm. Run, Die, Run Again. And it's a first-person survival platformer. It's really freaking cool. It's got like this awesome like techno soundtrack. And Tony Barnes is making the game at Retro Ninja. Um, Tony Barnes is one of the guys um, that programmed the original Desert Strike, Jungle Strike, Urban Strike, Soviet strike. Um, he worked on. He was a programmer on Buffy the Vampire Slayer on Xbox. Okay. Um, he did. He did Star Wars Episode Three, and uh, he also did Strider Twenty Fourteen. Hmm. So, working on. So I'm doing voice for him. So those are some of the projects that I'm working on. But I'm working on a couple of other that have like NDAs that I can't talk about yet. So, and uh, like I said, the Padre Two is gearing up for like release at the beginning of 2021. So wow. that's that's a lot of fun. That one. So. In terms of closing thoughts now, um, th- this is going to be a big question for you. This is uh, just off the top of my head because as I'm hearing you talk about uh, what you're doing, what you're pursuing, but you're also a great father. Like I, I follow you on Instagram. And by the way, uh, that picture, your son, your son was three months old and he took that Thor picture. Yeah. 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 That was, yeah. Th- that was absolutely adorable. I showed Thank it to my wife and she's just like, I can't handle that. But um <laughs> Every month he's a different uh, Marvel character, and my daughter, for her first year, every month she was a different, a different uh, Disney princess. So Aww. it's kind of like the thing that we do. Yeah. So I guess I not guess I do want to ask you then, with uh, writing all these books, with being a voice actor, with uh, helping out developing games, with uh, being a journalistic professor at a uh, university but also a family man. And I want to ask you, how do you pursue your passions with this much strength, but also focus on being a good husband and being a good father? How do you just round that up? It's an every day. It's a challenge. Hmm. Uh, Every day um, I say to myself, what have I done to be a good everything? Hmm. You know, what have I done to be a good 
journalist? What have I done to be a good professor? What have I done to be a good father? What have I done to be a good husband? Um, also, too, it's just about, like, kind of picking your battles. I mean, you're going to get in fights with people someday. Hmm. And sometimes you just got to say, you know what? If they're mad at me, let them be mad at me today. They'll get over it. It's not the end of the world. And then you mm-hmm. just move on and try to accomplish as much as you possibly can every single day. Um, I try and make a habit of staying away from negative people. Mm-hmm. Um, just people that are toxic, people that um, want something for nothing, uh, people that don't want to work as hard as you. Um, I just stay away from them. The second that I, you know, that I smell it, I'm just like, I'm out of here. Yeah. Uh, I try and just keep like this stream of consciousness that promotes like productivity and positivity. Um, there are times that I'm not the best person in the world that I am like locked in. Like sometimes my wife will be like, hello, hello. <laughs> and I'll be like, Oh my God, I got answers from the producer of crash bandicoot today. Holy shit. I have to write that chapter. And she'll be like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. I need you diaper, you know, like, Oh, I need you to put your daughter to bed and I'll go. Okay. And I have to stop. You know, um, I was writing for a game all this week and last week. And most of the writing I got done was at like five o'clock in the morning, um, holding my son, feeding him and with the other free hand on my iPhone, just like (laughs) banging it out. And then Mm -hmm. like once he ate and once he fell asleep, then I put him down on his little bunty and lay him down and get him nice and comfortable. And then I'd go and run into the kitchen, grab the computer, then sit, sit back down next to him, email it to myself and then clean it up, format it properly and stuff like that. But it's just like sleeping less than the average person, wanting more than the average person, and then doing more than the average person. Those are like, that. that's what you got to do every single day. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to have many friends when you live like that. Mm-hmm. You're not. You're not going to have time to go hang out. And like, I get people call me all the time. Oh, you want to go hang out, man? You want to go? Like, that? I'm like, no, I'd rather, I'd rather spend time with my wife. I'd rather spend time with my kids. Mm. Um, I'd rather spend 20 minutes, like just looking at my cat and petting her and just relaxing, getting the blood pressure to go down, you know? So it's just like, it's an everyday struggle and you give up a lot, you know? Um, But some of my favorite moments over the last three and a half years since I started doing this is like getting emails from people, like stupid emails, just like, bro, I have such a greater appreciation for Night Trap now or ET than I did before. Like, oh my God, thank you so much for doing that. Or, um... (laughs) I had a student of mine that I had like 10 years ago um, email me and go, bro, I'm stuck on the second floor and the door won't open. And all I hear is you telling me that the door is locked. And I'm like, what the hell are they talking about? Mm-hmm. And my wife is like, they're talking about the Padre. He's playing the Padre. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, how many professors get emails like that from their students, you know? So um, I've had students come back with my book and just say, can you do me a favor? You know, can you sign this for me? So it's been really cool, you know, um, and like I'm young too, like I'm 37 and I just feel like I've really started to live over the last like three and a half years. Like stuff has finally started to like come together because before that I felt like I was working just as hard, but I was working harder for other people. Mm-hmm. And now I have a brand and now I have like all of these things that like, you know, that I feel like at the end of the day, I'm I'm in much more control over their success. So so yeah, like the, the the short answer to that question is that like you gotta let stuff go, um, stupid stuff like stuff that doesn't mean anything. You can't get yourself aggravated over stupid stuff. You gotta kind of tell yourself that every day. Mm-hmm. Like, what am I letting go of today? Yeah. Like, what silly stuff am I letting go? What what like nonsense am I not gonna let get to me? Yeah. You know, 
And then you've got to say to yourself, like, okay, what are my goals for today? And then just don't go to sleep until you get them done, you know? And then make sure that you wake up the next day in just as good a mood as you did the day before. And you can't use the fact that you busted your ass the day before Mm -hmm. as the reason naughty mood the next day. You know, you got to just boom every day, hit them hard, hit them fast, keep going. It's hard, but, you know, like when going through, he's going through some stuff now. And I just tell him, I'm like, every day you got to just say, like, what are you grateful for? Mm-hmm. And just like use that as like your springboard and then stay up a half an hour later than you normally do and wake up a half an hour earlier than you usually do. And that hour, that hour when everyone else is sleeping or getting ready to go to sleep, that's when you get your shit together. And that's when you focus on what you're going to do the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. So, No, I, and like I completely like relate to that, um, especially, you know, you're not going to have a lot of friends, you yeah. know, like trying to hang out because. You know, I have a lot of people even asking me just does this podcast, you know, yeah. it's it's not really anywhere. Right. And quote unquote. Yeah. But like, you know, it's like, oh, we can do this. We can do that. It's like I'd rather focus on, you know, corresponding with guests and having them like uh, understand what's going on with the mm-hmm. podcast. I'd rather do that or even uh, what's the next video topic or uh, doing this whole tell me why roundtable discussion that we're going to be doing. It's just like I was focused more on that than anything else and um and i like what you said like sometimes you gotta snap out of it focus on your family uh you know the other part that's we don't upload more Mm -hmm. is because i know by the end of this because it's with my wife let's say it does become something i rather you know focus on date nights and just us time because by the end of it i don't want her to be my coworker more than she is my wife you know what i mean absolutely but absolutely yeah, and that's the thing is that like if if you do want to pursue something, and I like what you said, it's like it's going to be an everyday thing. There's mm-hmm. going to be less hangout times. There's going to be less friends. There's got there's going to be less sleep. You know, mm-hmm. like it's it's all about the grind. You know, but mm-hmm. you know, look at you. You know, you started when you when you said uh, thirty three, right? Yeah, yeah, thirty three. You're thirty seven now. You you were on that grind for four years. It's not like this instantaneous, yeah. and you're still grinding. <laughs> That's the thing too, like before that, for 10, 10, 12 years before that, I was writing, I was an editor at NBC. I had a fantasy football column for NBC. I covered Saturday Night Live for three seasons. I covered three Super Bowls. I covered two presidential elections. I need to be Paul Walker two weeks before he passed away. You know, like I, I did tons and tons of stuff. But like, again, it wasn't like I felt like I was working for somebody else. I was working for huge companies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, It wasn't, it wasn't for me. And then I just got to that point where I was just like, no, like I want to, for every writer, you want to have a legacy. Mm-hmm. And I, worst thing, like with the internet, it happened to me before when I was when I was writing for Examiner. I was one of I at one point I was the most read video game writer on all of Examiner. Wow. I remember it was like August twenty eighth, like twenty seventeen or something like that. And it's just like um, you, I got an email from Examiner, and it was like, oh, we're closing our doors, and it's like three thousand articles gone. Hmm. So it's just like, if you Google a lot of the great stuff that I did on Examiner, it's not even online. So thank God I kept it, you know, and it's on, most of it is on review fix now, but like, so, but for me, it was just like, how do I have a legacy? And the answer was to write books, Hmm. you know? So my books are in over a hundred colleges all around the world now. Like we're talking like Penn state, um, Stanford, UCLA, UC Berkeley, um, UCLA, like Lori Lachlan tried to have her kids put in there and she's going to jail for that. They they could (laughs) my book in the library you know so you know what i'm saying it's just like um i just took the initiative um i grabbed my life like 
by the horns. I did something that I always cared about. And um, I didn't make excuses. That's the thing, too. It's so easy to make excuses. Mm-hmm. I'm tired. I can't. Blah, blah, blah. And it's just like those are things. The bad thing about excuses is, is that people make enough of them that they actually start to believe them. Mm-hmm. You know? And I, I tell people this all the time. The worst thing anyone could ever say to me is that I can't do something. Yeah. Because then I'll just I'll just go and do whatever I have to do mm-hmm. in order to, to make it happen. You know? So um, just like the last three and a half years have just been so much fun because like um, after the first book came out, I started a Facebook page, um, the minds behind Facebook.com, the minds behind the games. And what I would do is I would just ask simple questions like, oh, what's a game you guys would love to know more about? And somebody went like Star Fox. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm never going to get the guy that created Star Fox. Yeah. Guess what did, you know, um, somebody went, oh, Croc, Legend of the Gobos for the PS1. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm not going to. Oh, yeah, I did. I got that. You know, so it's just like. Oh, Call of Duty. You'll never get a Call of Duty person to speak to you, blah, blah, blah. Halo 3, uh, Sonic. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so it's just like, I love those everyday challenges. Mm-hmm. I love when somebody throws down and is like, we need you to do this today. I had a, a Tony Barnes today was just like, oh, I need you to drop some some voice for me yeah. today. And, oh, my God, I'm going to do this podcast. And then I'm going to have to put my kids to bed, blah, blah, blah. And I went to my wife like 25 minutes before we were supposed to get on. And I'm like, I need to record a little bit just let me go in and i recorded the voiceover and i sent it over to tony and i got it done if you make excuses you get nothing done if you find a way you'd be so surprised what you can get done if you just find a way to do it you know mm-hmm. so i am sure if both of you look at each other right now i am sure that there's a point in your relationship where you were like man i don't know if i'm going to be able to make this happen like do something really nice for them mm-hmm. you know but then you were just like, you know what? No, they deserve this. And you pushed really hard and you did something. And it's something that they'll remember for the rest of their lives. If you do that with yourself mm. too, oh my God, you know, like great things can happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that, and that's completely it. It's just like any a relationship, anything like it's, it takes hard work, you know, anything yep. in life, anything worth having is, you know, mm-hmm. worth working hard for, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Well, it sounds like you're a really busy guy. I don't want to take too much time away from you. But I guess my last question for you before we go, uh, uh-huh. I, want, I want to plug your book again, which I haven't Trump. read yet because thanks, Trump. You're working on it. I'm working on it. But um, in your in your uh, book, The Minds Behind uh, the Games, besides the ones you already named, E.T., uh, Star Fox, you said, um, what, what would you say is your top three games that you cover in the in the book? Wow. Oh, so this is the first book. Um, the first book has 36 uh, games in it. So I, and I mentioned Night Trap. Night Trap is probably the chapter that gets talked about the most because it's one of the most infamous games of all time. It's mm-hmm. one of the reasons why we have a rating system in games now. Night Trap. Um, wow. Um, I would say either the Game Boy Advance port of Doom because mm-hmm. that's a crazy, crazy story how they got Doom to work on the Game Boy Advance. Um, NBA Jam. Great, great story. Um Oh, Wasteland. Um, so Fallout 3 and Fallout New Vegas are probably two of my favorite games of all time. Um, I love those like first first person uh, RPGs like in the open world and stuff. Like I mentioned the Outer Worlds before. I love that game. But um, Wasteland is the father to the Fallout series. So it's the same developers as like the first two Fallout games. But um, they didn't have the rights to the name. They didn't get the rights back for like 25 years. So like the story of the original Wasteland is so freaking cool. So um. NBA Jam, 
wasteland. I would say Wonder Boy is a great story too. Mm-hmm. I mentioned some uh, Nisha Sawa quotes. He's like just like he's like this old philosopher. He's so smart, you know. Mm-hmm. Like oh, once you create something, it's not yours anymore. I remember reading that and going, "Oh my god!" Like this guy is so freaking smart. So I I, I want to be honest um, and just say that there's not a single crappy chapter in the in the entire book because like there were there were games where I interviewed the developers and I'm like, yeah, this just isn't good enough. I can't put it in. So I tried to put like the best stuff in. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the minds behind the adventure games. The second book that's out. Uh, that's this one right here. That one, yeah. This is all adventure games. Um, but this has like all sorts of adventure games in there. So like the original Grand Theft Auto is in here. Damn. Uh, Maximum Carnage. Um, hell, even Parappa the Rapper is in here because like obviously like Parappa the Rapper is a rhythm based game, but it's all about the story. It's all about Parappa trying to get with Sonny Funny. So, um, the original Family Guy is an amazing development story. Like 2K was so oblivious. Like they had no idea what family guy was all about. They could have like, yeah. So there's tons of really like fun, cool, accessible stories in in both of the first two books. Dang. Well, Patrick, we thank you so much for coming on the show. Honestly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you said that you would like, come on, I just wanted to pick your brain on things, but uh, (laughs) this has been a great conversation, you know? Um, And and I hope that, uh, you are you're keep pursuing you keep uh following your goals and uh by the age of 60 you know we'll still be hearing your voice in many different video games but uh thank you for that inspiring talk mm-hmm. man like seriously man definitely no problem um i just want to say that like by next year we'll have like at least six books in the minds behind the game series out the minds behind the sports games is coming out in a couple of weeks the minds behind the shooter games is coming out in December or January. And then, like I said before, I'm working on the minds behind the Sega Genesis and the minds behind the Sony PlayStation games right now. One more thing I wanted to say is that like, there's two ways to support me. Um, the first way is to buy the book. Mm-hmm. You can do that ways. The book is available at Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Target, uh, Walmart, Indigo, Books a Million, wherever fine books are sold digitally. Don't want you to go into a bookstore and get COVID. Um, however, um, if you buy the book directly from me at patrickhickeyjr.com forward slash books, you not only get the book, but I sign it and I put a whole bunch of goodies in there. So um, when you order the book from me, I'm obviously going to know where you live. I'm going to have your address and your email address and I'll email you and be like, all right, so what are you into? Like, what teams do you like? Like, you know, what games are you into? And I have a whole treasure trove of really cool stuff in here. And I put baseball cards in people's books and stuff like that. Somebody bought the book from Kansas City the other day so i put a bo jackson baseball card in their book so like all sorts of cool stuff like somebody told me that they like garbage pail kids so i went to an antique store and i bought them a pack of garbage pail kid trading cards and stuff like that just to like establish because that's the thing why do we play all these old games because we want like a piece of our childhood so if i could put a couple of extra pieces of your childhood in the book too to establish a relationship with you i'd be more than happy to do that um I've been to tons of horrible book signings over the years. Like somebody, you know, you wait online to, to see an author and they just sign your book and then you go off and you're like, I didn't even like, the person didn't even look at me. I didn't even get a picture, you know? Mm-hmm. So I like to make sure that whoever orders the book from me gets like a really personalized, super cool experience. So again, patrickhickeyjr.com forward slash books. The last thing is just a shout out. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I post on Instagram all the time. I post on Twitter all the time, just a shout out, like, oh, I'm really interested in reading your book or, oh, I read your book and I liked it or taking a selfie with it, you know, or something like that. Like, 
that's like that's sometimes that's better than buying the book because what what that'll do is just expose like my work to like a whole bunch of people that I don't even have contact with. So I appreciate the hell out of that when people do that. So um, I answer everyone too that messages me on social media. I'm one of those people like if you say hi, I will engage you in conversation because that's the way that it's supposed to be. It's social media. Like let's be social, mm-hmm, you know. Right. So um, so yeah. So like I look forward to talking to all of you guys. I had a pleasure on the show and uh, like thank you so much. Hey, thank, thank you, man. You. And anybody listening to this or watching this, I will have uh, that forward link uh, from uh, Patrick Hickey, Patrick Hickey, Patrick Hickey Jr. There you go. Forward slash books. I will have that linked in the description, whether you're on audio and video. So definitely uh, follow that link. And if you want the extra goodies, you know, uh, <laughs> definitely send them your way, man. And I very much look forward to reading your book. I, I'm very excited to read all about mm-hmm. it, especially NBA Jam. I'm very excited to read about that. But it's such a fun chapter. You're gonna love it. Oh my god, yeah. I, I'm 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 stoked, dude. Uh, but like I said, you're a busy guy. I want to get you uh, to your family as soon as possible. But again, that was Patrick Hickey Jr. Uh, also, you can follow us on uh, on the social medias at Gaming Groceries. You can follow us on uh, Instagram, Games Groceries, all one word. Definitely like uh, like what Patrick said. Follow him on social media. Social media. Uh, Instagram is. I know. I know. Um, and oh no, I forgot. In the back of my head, it's Patrick Hickey Jr. on Instagram, right? Yeah, and then on uh, Twitter, it's Review Fix Pat. Review Fix Pat. I knew it was Review yeah. Fix, but I forgot if it was Pat or Com or anything. Uh-huh. Yeah. So yeah, I will have those linked as as well. He posts a lot, a lot it's on like, social media. It's like if something comes up and I'm just like, oh, that was a cool game. Then I'll just like post and be like, this is what I'm thinking about right now. Or I'll have like a protein bar for breakfast and I'll post a picture of like what I'm playing next to it and stuff like that. So it's just like nonstop like nerdiness. And it's amazing. Like I, I, I'm honest with you. I never get annoyed with your posts. Like they're all like <laughs> super interesting, dude. Thank you. Yeah, but definitely follow him on the social medias. And uh, I guess I'll end it here. And uh, we thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you have a wonderful week. Remember, hey, wear your mask, and we'll see you in the next one. Bye.